And you know what? When things open up, we'll we'll, we'll have a beer. We'll have a glass of uh, of proper twelve. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I don't and know about proper twelve, about man, dude. We can have the bottle, but let's drink something else. Because let's be on. Let's, let's be yeah, honest. It, here. Let's be honest. Yeah. If we're let's being honest. Be honest. Yeah. If we're being honest, tell me, tell me the honesty, because okay. I want to hear it. I guarantee we have the same opinion on this. Well, you know, in between ass juice and proper twelve. <laughs> what is up guys podcast number 17 i'm your host matthew skelhorn for the hit or miss podcast what's up man dude my voice sounds like shit um it's it's early it's 8 a.m this morning uh i got my coffee ready um which is probably the only thing that's allowing me to speak right now because you know usually like today I, I my day was initially planned where you know i wake up at like 10 because i like sleeping now dude ever since I, I stopped school okay look this is like the first time in maybe seven or eight years where i can sleep more than like six or seven hours in the sense where like it, it's actually happening. I would always try in the past, but usually six, six and a half, seven hours was was like the sweet spot for me. Now it's like ten, and although it's awesome, it's annoying. But it's it's more awesome than annoying. Annoying because there's a lot of time passing by. Like waking up at ten. When I wake up at ten, it's I, I feel good. You know, I had ten hours of sleep, feel great. But the the day is shorter. That's what I don't like. Um, but man, 10 hours of sleep is the bomb. But I got to get rid of that, man, because now that's that's what I'm doing today. Well, at least I had, I had to do it today um, because I have to post this podcast, work out, and then go to work for 12. So priorities, motherfuckers. Um, but anyways, this, this is going to be a great podcast. I have a, an awesome guest. Um, there's not really much else to, to talk about before I, I, uh, speak a bit about my guest. Um, I mean, it's getting nicer outside. <laughs> uh, aside from that, in the fight world, you know, there's still that, um, Logan Paul versus, uh, Mayweather, whatever that is, is going on. But we talk about, we talk about it in this podcast a bit. Um... I know there's a, a few UFC pay-per-views coming up, but uh, we'll get more into depth into them um, in the next few weeks. But yeah, so I'll, I'll transfer it over to my guest. Transfer it over. I'll transfer it over. What am I in a fucking call center? Transfer it over. Fuck. Anyways, um, my guest is Kishan Patel. He is a friend of mine that I met in high school. Um, so we talk a lot about how we met. We talk about the UFC, we talk about COVID in India, we talk about many other things, including projects that he's starting as well, and um, and overall just an awesome conversation. We could have went on for hours and hours and hours, um, and understandably so, this, this podcast is like an hour and a half when I'm trying to keep it under an hour, but with this conversation, I just couldn't take anything out because everything was flowing um, quite awesomely. So without any further ado, I'll pass it on over to the conversation with Kishan and uh, I'll be back with you guys at the end. Yo! Yo, it's Skelhorn, man. 
What's happening, man? Oh, how's it going, bro? It's been a long time since I haven't spoke to you, bro. Yeah, I know, man. It has been. It's been forever. How you been? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Doing great. Doing great. Just, uh, I was actually just in a game before. So I was like, uh, when you asked, when, when I saw the time, I was like, oh, man. I yeah. No problem. What are you playing? Dude, I'm playing this game on the iPhone, on, on mobile. It's called Mobile Legends, okay? It's a complete okay. ripoff of League. But I just like it because the games are all 15 minutes, 20 minutes long, and they're in and out quick. So it's uh, like all the champs are like completely, completely copied okay. and stuff like that. But uh, but it's still dope. What about you, man? What have you been up to these days? Oh, I just got back from work, man. Got my uh, my liquid gold, and I'm ready oh, to rumble, yeah. dude. Ready nice, to rumble. Nice, nice. That's but, it, bro. I'm uh, sitting. I'm sitting in bed here, bro. I got the nice <laughs> backdrop here. Got yeah. everything set up, bro. Yeah. How 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 are you dealing with COVID, man? Ever since that that came about. Dude, uh, to tell you the truth, at uh, at the beginning, say March 2020, yeah, uh, I was I was I was decently decently worried about COVID. I was decent. Well, now I still am worried about. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the world that are unfortunate. But beginning March 2020, dude, I was going to the grocery store, had the gloves on, the mask, coming home, disinfecting the cereal boxes, getting all those things set up. You know, just worried, uh, not going near people, even my own friends, my own family. Like I was being super, super, super careful, as we all should have been, right? Because it was a new virus and something else was different. Then, as months went by, we, you know, the new year came by and stuff like that things start slowly opening up you're realizing you're seeing a bunch of people differently you're maybe you might have gotten covid you don't know about it you're asymptomatic or whatever but i i haven't been sick for the past two years so mm-hmm. not, not to say that i don't think covid exists but it's like i'm to tell you the truth i'm letting my guard down just a little bit because i want to resume uh what i think is a, what i want my what i think is a normal life just because like i don't know bro i put i put a lot more emphasis on on being happy and living like a good life as opposed to just consistently being consistently having this fear of getting covid or 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 or, or whatnot but what about you man how, how yeah. you've been holding up no i mean I, i'm i'm in similar in a similar stance as you are i'm part of the group who says uh that we caught covid before it being like a thing i'm part of like that crew you know who like they, they affiliate themselves with the people who caught covid like in february yeah, or something because yeah. i remember i got really sick um, but then after that, I didn't really get that much sick. Um, but me too, man. It's just, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence, you know, because I'm with a lot of people that, a lot of different people with different perspectives, some that are mm-hmm. focused too much on the on on it being, like, safe that everything is closed. And then I have other friends and other family members that are just the complete opposite or just they can't wait for this to end. So my honestly, my take changes almost every day. To be honest, it, and that's what's annoying, man. It's so annoying. That's the thing, dude. And and, and you know what? I think that everybody's sort of uh, opinion or everybody's uh, take on COVID is is you know that everybody's entitled to their own opinion and they can mm-hmm. believe what they what they choose to believe. It just it just go, becomes a matter of of national and well worldwide security and worldwide health and what's going to be the best for everybody. So. Uh, Man, like I said, for me, it was more it was more along the lines of I want to look at the whole picture. I don't want to just look at the death toll. Um, of course, it's unfortunate that people are dying due to COVID, especially what's happening in India. But that's a whole other. Yeah, that's, that's other what topic. I wanted to, to ask you about, because, man, that shit's crazy over there. Yeah, yeah, it's really bad, man. But in India's India's story is just that it's 
it's a very complicated country and and that we could we could go off on on and speak about that all days but the the idea behind uh, the covid pandemic in india is just strictly the fact that india is a completely different country uh, in comparison to western civilization in the sense where there's no space for anybody you've got about like half a square meter per person in some of these slums you got 10 people staying in one bedroom the house is made out of cardboard or sorry, not cardboard, but it's made out of like material that will easily rot or not the greatest sort of material. Um, you barely have food in some of these communities. You, the people are not literate. They can't read, they can't write. Mm-hmm. And not to mention they're living in absolute filth, right? I mean, there's no, there's no toiletry. There's no irrigation system. It's complete filth in some of the places. So what happens when these people are, um, are basically, you know, what these people begin to question God and they say, you know, why, why do I have to live a life in such a way where I don't have food and, and people are dying, etc. So then these same people turn to God. So then when they turn to God, they go to these huge religious festivals and they go and they, 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 they go to pray. And this is the things that give them some sort of inner peace. But in the process of that, they're propagating this virus everywhere. So it's like a, it's like a, it's, it's a poorly oiled machine. It's just going in circles, but it's just uh, wiping out everybody. Damn, I didn't know that, man. That's crazy. Cause like I, yeah. I have a few friends that are from India and they, they that they live there and stuff that I met when I was uh living in Europe for a bit. And they were telling me like luckily their families were not part of these communities and, and they they that's the thing. That's what that's what freaked me out the most. And I don't yeah. look, if my friend's listening to this that I spoke to that I'm saying something wrong, I apologize. But this is what I remember of what he told me. And it's like he told me that you need to know people to like get oxygen tanks or to get uh, hospital beds like you don't need there's no healthcare system you need to know people to get what what you need in order to survive dude that just that is insane to me coming from like you know a, a white guy from canada who's gotten everything that i ever needed any essential need i have it already uh hearing that dude that's it's scary man it's scary dude it really, it really highlights the fact that that India is just a completely different country than than the world knows. Uh, there's an extreme wage gap or extreme wealth gap between the rich yeah. and the poor. So what your friend was telling you about it, it comes down to who you know is actually correct. Uh, in the sense where, for example, if the hospitals are overcrowded and it's a private institution, right? it's of course going to be the person with the most amount of money who will be able to have access to said Medicare, right? And in some of these stories or some of these videos that we've seen online, you have people showing up to the hospital in cars. They don't have enough beds. You have security at the front door saying, stop coming into the hospital. We're overcrowded. And then doctors are going to have to choose between who lives and who dies. It's kind of like the situation that happened in Italy. And, you know, God bless everybody who passed away there. But that situation exponentiated to... A, to a country that has more than a billion people and i think people people need to understand what a billion people is i mean it's a thousand million it's a, like we're we're for we're, we're almost 40 million in canada and i think in the states are about 340 yeah imagine that where it's a thousand million people who are in india plus and not to mention the climate doesn't help him india is just, it's just a crazy it's a, it's what's happening over there is super unfortunate i uh, um it really sucks, man. Yeah. Even and then you have so many things happening in the world, and now with our access to social media, everybody's just getting the news closer. But uh, to circle back to what you were saying from the beginning, to here in Canada and Quebec specifically, I think that for us, we have we have to look at our reality and our bigger picture. And the reality is, for us, 
what's more important? Is it is do we want to protect the death toll and the case toll of people who may or may not die of COVID? Or do we want to protect the prosperity of the lives of those people who won't ever contract COVID or who won't die from it, right? So it's like it's really a balance between the two. Well, what's your what do what do you what do you think, man? Dude, I, I just like it's that's the thing, because my take changes every day. There's days where I'm a bit more scared of catching the virus, but there's other days where I'm like, fuck it, I bring it on, you know? Knock on wood, hope it doesn't happen. See, that's a thing, dude. It's like it's a I have the devil and the angel on both my shoulders. And the devil Most saying, true. Bro, go go roll go roll with people go do some jujitsu with like four or five different guys and dude i want to man i want to so bad but then there's the there's the other part saying better not catch that rona you know and i'm like dude and i, and I know a few people that caught it um and like, like when i when i realized that i knew a few people that got it and they told me how it was that's where i knew it was like real real you know it, it, it was like real real when it hits someone closer that i know and they they got they got some of them got hit hard, but others got like nothing, dude. So there's just in my head, no matter how much research has still been done up to date, there's mm-hmm. still not enough for me to like confirm a stance because I'm either one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree, like to a certain extent, a lot of our freedom is being taken away, and it's and it and it seems very sketch. It's sketch on how how much they're they're milking it. Like I feel like they're yeah. milking it a lot. They're they're painting this picture as as if COVID is uh is the plague from 1918. You know, yeah. When yeah, yeah. when if you look at like if you look at the fucking stats between that that plague that Spanish flu and now it's like nowhere near. And if you look at stats in between the ordinary flu and COVID this past year in general the stats are very similar in terms of death. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, dude, I don't know. And then this, then and now there's this vaccine where I, and I, I talk about this a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I have a, my girlfriend works in pharmacy too. So it's like, she's more obviously like prone medication, which is good. I mean, medication has done so much good for us, mm-hmm. um, but a vaccine being created within a year and a half time and already being injected into us, Tell, telling us that this is the way to freedom mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't come into my head so smoothly as they say it is you know yeah so that's a, it's an interesting take man it's because uh really interesting i mean and, and of course i think that the what we need to do for this is is discuss it talk about it and see what everybody's different opinions on them i mean i'm i'm very for vaccines um I've st- I studied science all my life and, and I'm, I have trust in our medical system to ensure that our population uh, remains healthy and, and remains alive. That's just who I am because I have trust in that. But that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, right? Who do you put your trust in? Do you put it in, in these pharmacy companies who are making these, these vaccines for you? Do you put it in yourself? Do you put it in natural causes? Like what, what is, where does it come down to? But I think that uh, for the COVID vaccine itself, I understand that people have a lot of fear, but they have this, uh, they have this sort of misunderstanding about the vaccine because it is something that's new. And for anybody who's, who, cho- who opts not to be vaccinated for that reason, it's completely a valid one. You know, the research is definitely has not been there. If anything, the research would only be less than two years old, right? Because mm-hmm. this pandemic, so to speak, uh, um, started in March of 2020. So, I mean, the, the research is definitely not old enough for us to conclusively know that this will be something beneficial but 
like I said, at the end of the day, it comes down to who do you put your trust in? Do you, do you want to uh, take a leap and say, listen, this vaccine is going to help society get back to normal? Or do we keep it as is? Look at Florida. Man, everything's open. Yeah. Everything is open. And they're, they're completely chilling. They're going back. It's as if nothing happened. There. But then you have states like California. And I heard this on Joe Rogan's podcast where they're polar opposite. So it, yeah. it, it really just comes down to uh, your priorities and and. and what do you think of this pandemic, right? Yeah, and I think us, we're stuck in a province where uh, we're governed. I feel like now we're governed a bit poorly. I think in the beginning... Agreed, agreed. In, in the beginning, they did the right agreed. things because they just followed every other province and, and whatnot. And I know Ontario is like, uh, these people are also pretty fucking pissed at the moment um, mm-hmm. with reason. But like you said, it depends on each and every person. Um, but there's a lot of I see that there's a lot of uh, uh, protests going on right now, and and I and I'm for that. See, that's the thing where it's where it's difficult for me to kind of take a position, because mm-hmm. again, back to the vaccines, it's not that I'm a I'm not an anti-vax vax vax vaxer. Fuck, I'm not yeah, an anti-vaxer, you know. But yeah. but at the same time, I'm also not as educated as you. You know what I mean? And that's another thing where I take into account. That it's like, like, no matter what, dude, if I'm getting offered the vaccine, for example, for take the COVID example, I'll take it. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, despite, despite my worries and despite all that shit, um, mm. as Santino said last week, I'm going to be part of the sheep, man. I'm going to just fucking follow, dude. I don't care. I just like, I will literally at this point, I will do anything to just get back to normal, dude. That's I it. Mean, that's it. I, and I, I'm sorry that we're talking about this fucking COVID shit. Like I usually <laughs> ask this question starting off a conversation, yeah, yeah. but it always, yeah. it always fucking, we think of it, it gets fucking depressing, but dude, I mm. cannot wait to just go I back wait. to like go, go in a bar or something, have a drink. Yeah, man, just have for... a drink and just hang out. I can't wait for, for those days to be back, it's... but dude, but to, to, to highlight your, your point about jujitsu and all those things, yeah. um, like to tell you the truth, I've been playing basketball with, uh, with a couple of friends, um, obviously probably does not sound you know in in pen on like you know black and white does not sound like the right thing to do because there's sort of a risk of transmission of of say for example my friend has covid and he's asymptomatic he passes it to me and then i become symptomatic that risk remains so i'm not going to discount that but like i said for me for my life the priorities that i put on my time and my limited time that i have on this on this earth Mm. is to enjoy the days right so if i'm not if i'm sitting at home in isolation all day long and I'm letting my mental health deteriorate and I'm letting myself become unhappy, then I'm not doing justice to myself, right? Playing basketball makes me happy. So when I go and see my friends and play ball, we, one, we're improving our immune system, right? Because yeah. we're, we're staying, we're staying physically active Two, we're having that human, um, that human connection, that human interaction, which is getting the happy hormones going, right? So like all, all these things, you really got to look at like the whole picture. So for you, for, 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 if you want to go roll, Dude, I would honestly, I would honestly go, man. I would yeah. go. I, I, I would go roll if, if, if you want to wear a mask, you could. It would be a little bit tough to breathe. Nah, dude. Look, but, if I go, if I go roll, I'm going rolling. Like it's either all yeah. in or all out, you know. Dude, fucking wearing a mask while rolling, dude. Where even wearing a mask while playing basketball? It's ridiculous. It's yeah, so I don't, stupid. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. I'm not. I'm not there with the mask and everything. But when I, for example, if you go see somebody who's immunosuppressed or you go see a grandparent or something. I'm in the mask and I'm six feet away. Of course, of course. Whatever your take on COVID is, whether or not you believe it, it's just a dick move to, to, to push, to like bestow your beliefs on somebody yeah. else, 
just because you think it's fake or, or whatever, right? If I go see my grandparents or, uh, or somebody who's elder or something, I'll wear my mask and I'll stay away because who knows, maybe there's a chance that I make them sick and then they, they pass away. That would suck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a great way of handling it, honestly. And, and I'm not saying like that. I haven't done anything, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I still go see a few friends at times and I'm not too sure who they saw in the past. You know, I'm not like, I'm not fucking, uh, dialoguing every, every person that's that it, I see, yeah, that's you know, it. um, like at, obviously at first I would see a lot less people, but now it's like it's impossible, as you said. I mean, the human human interaction is needed. I spoke to this far, uh, to a pharmacist recently too, and him too. He just emphasized emphasized so much on how important it is to physically just see people, and mm-hmm. the fact that we're taking that we're we're it's a it's away from us. It's it, we can't have that anymore, dude. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a serious freedom. That's what. I feel is most sketch about everything is how yeah. we are not allowed to see each other. Like when you just say it, that when you just say that you just say these words mm-hmm. in 2021 mm-hmm. and knowing mm-hmm. pre COVID what our life was, dude, mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. that we cannot see someone, dude, that's yeah, it, fuck. It sounds sketch. Yeah. It sounds sketch and, and, and not seeing somebody. And then you have to be home before 8 PM or nine 30. Now it's like, it's, it sounds super sketch. And, and to tell you the truth, I really think that, that Quebec, uh, I can't speak about Ontario, I don't know about their measures, but I really think that Quebec failed astronomically in handling the pandemic as a whole. Once again, like the death toll and the case toll and those things were bound to happen because it's a pandemic and the virus was bound to spread. But like I said, like as somebody who studied in engineering, what we like to look at is the full picture, right? So there's the, there's the, the death toll is one thing. It's a very significant thing, but it's not the whole picture. Right, because there's they're in, in inside the entire population's uh, sort of, I guess if you if you want to look at the at the grand scheme of things, you have to consider everybody's individual mental health problems. You have to consider everybody's individual happiness, everybody's in, individual uh, financial prosperity as well too. Right, you know how many restaurant owners got affected by this? So how many restaurant owners are going to have to default on their loans? because of the pandemic due to a decision that was made by a government official who was putting more emphasis on the case toll and the death toll as opposed to the financial prosperity of those people so those people are now going to make less money maybe live lives that they didn't uh, they didn't like you know um, estimate to have because they were projected to receive some sort of amount of money and then in in the process of all this we don't look at what's going to be better for everybody together we just look at what's going to make the government's life easier. And I think that for them, closing down and, and, and making everybody stay home was the one thing that was, that was saving our medical system. But that's also, on, that's also the government's responsibility to fix that shit. Yeah. Invest money into it, right? Hire engineers, hire people to, to look at all of these things, get better software. Like it's not it's it's not the population's fault that the Medicare system sucks. No, and we have resources for it. That's the that's another thing where Canada where we are very resourceful, and I think it's just the thing with with the province of Quebec where they do things a bit differently. You know, Lang, Loisin, all that bullshit, Pauline Marois, <laughs> all that shit, dude. But uh, but yeah, they just don't put their they didn't put their priorities straight in our healthcare system, and that's what caused them to make that decision. I assume. And mm-hmm. uh, now we can't fucking walk after nine thirty because of it, and which is insane. But you know, anyways, dude, 
fucking that I found it. that I found completely ridiculous. The, the the curfew, I understand that it might have reduced uh, a certain amount of gatherings, and in gatherings mm-hmm. people will spread the virus. No, for sure it did. Okay. For sure it did. For sure it did. But do I think it was the right decision for the again the grand scheme of things? Absolutely not. What the hell, man? Imagine you're a guy who works in construction. You're there working from seven a.m. till seven p.m. Okay. And then by law, you have to finish work an hour or 30 minutes before. I'm not too sure what it is. You get home, you eat supper at 7.45 and you're like, oh man, I want to take a walk to digest. You can't because after 8 p.m. you can't even be seen outside your house. Like, I can't believe we let that happen. That's insane. That's why the, the, all these, the, the, the anti-curfew protests make a lot of sense to me because it's, why, why are we being imposed these, these, these laws without sort of, without a justification or without a transparency behind it? So the sketchiness is there, man. I, I yeah. see it for sure. Oh, and, I, and look, man, I want to wrap this whole COVID talk shit because, dude, fuck it, fuck COVID, Corvid, whatever it's <laughs> called. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with these protests. And um, it's just very unfortunate that it's still going on. But, you know, I hope I hope somehow that these vaccines will um, bring some light to this shitty situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we can fucking move on, dude. But uh, anyways, dude, fuck COVID. Fuck over. <laughs> uh, let's take it back, bro. I want to talk because, like, I know us in terms of me and you, we weren't really like we're not um, close friends, and I know sure, we yeah, know yeah. friends of friends. But yeah, I, yeah, so yeah. I want to take it back to high school because that's where I met you. So I met I met Keyshawn in high school, um, in sec one, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that at uh, at Laval Junior. Or, I don't know. Did you go to Hillcrest? Yeah. No, yeah, no, I, I went to Hillcrest, man, in, in my first year of kindergarten, but then it was souvenir until Liberty. Okay, because I, I came into yeah. Hillcrest from grade one to grade three, so I didn't see. So we met in high school. That's we met sure. in high school, yeah. I remember, dude, Keyshawn was fucking smart as shit. I remember, I remember, <laughs> dude, I remember, Keyshawn, you were smart. I have a few flashbacks. I don't know if you do, but I, I do let's, for some reason. Let's hear him. Let's hear him. Okay, dude, so I remember, I remember once. Don't don't incriminate me. Don't incriminate me here on live. Uh, on it's live not live. Area. It's not live. It's not live. <laughs> okay. But we'll definitely not edit it out, motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, no, it's nothing bad. I, I I don't remember anything bad. If anything bad has happened, but I remember like once we were in math class, and and <laughs> I think it was like what was like two, and then I was put my mom put me into math and rich dude i hated math i sucked at math i was the worst at math always was always will be but my mom put me in enriched and i remember i sat in front or in back and then you were in front of me and this is like the first interaction that i remember of us okay yeah. you were in front of me you turned around you're like you're in this class <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude that was probably so mean oh, to me. dude, oh my god but, but but dude like i don't remember it as a mean thing i mean i I had a decent time in high school. Didn't have much For issues. Sure. But I remember that time. And looking back at it now, dude, that's hilarious. Dude, I would pay so much money if, to the, go if, back, it, huh? if it was filmed. If it was filmed and I could oh, yeah. see that happening, it would be one of oh, the funniest yeah. things ever. Because, dude, I didn't belong in Math Enriched at all. Like, I knew. And then I, re- I don't remember, re- like, reacting. I just remember that dialogue. But, dude, that was Man, how Man, how far we've come since then, right? insane uh, insane i mean you grow up but you you, for sure for sure you grow up you learn different things you meet other people you get humbled on the way there and then uh, i I could talk for for fucking days on how you get humbled man definitely man yeah yeah you you, you're gonna take your mental and your physical beatings at some point and somebody's always gonna be somebody bigger than you somebody smarter than you somebody got more money than you so always the humbling humbling is there but dude tell me what so 
since from from high school okay we yeah. graduated uh sec five but i i was with you guys though like i left i was there sec one sec two that's it that's it yeah well sec one sec two and i remember you were playing hockey with mark yeah. so that's where we sort of kept that connection and then you ended up in europe tell me about that where, Bro, where did that i mean go? dude this story I, I i don't know if i've said it sometimes in the podcast but look I think, the the fir- I think this the is the first time this is the first time that i say like fully why we can get into it fuck it dude i got it all night man um, Do it, man i'm here but uh okay so hmm, we go back to like i just finished dawson like i was my last semester at dawson and then uh i had this wonderful app that i met my current beautiful girlfriend but i also met my previous ex-girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> okay uh and it's called tinder i don't know if you guys know what that is great place i met i met the woman of my dreams now fucking i'm saying that this is, i'm saying this what in counts. the air i'm saying isn't this that in what the air. counts yeah it does yeah that's what it counts but you know you got to make mistakes along the way i guess um, for sure and this is no by the way before i get into this, this is no shade to my ex-girlfriend if she's ever listening to this um yeah. i mean we were just not we were just not made for each other that's much it, respect that's it. and i bet i'll see her once again in my life whenever i go back to europe whenever this fucking covid shit is done but anyway that's it man anyways i met so i met this girl on tinder never seen her and, and by the way i lied about this dude i lied about oh how we God. met we both lied about how we met because we we, we were just like ah dude we can't meet on tinder never saw each other you know? yeah 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 <laughs> you know what i mean but um but then we ended up being with each other, dude. I, 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 I like speaking about this story. I always miss some parts, but just maybe fast forward of a, a year and a half of long distance. Me going to Europe a few times, her coming to mm-hmm. Montreal a few times. Okay. Um, and then like I think the February of twenty seven, twenty eighteen, maybe twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Um, like I was, I was done CJEP. I already had like six months off afterwards. So I took like a year off in between CJEP and university. And then at some point, I was like, man, like I, at that at that point in time, I thought that it was the perfect idea to go study abroad, and uh, and live with my ex girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the essential reason, the basic reason so why I moved there. You ended up in Europe, but yeah. let me. Can I just ask you one thing? Ask me. What? Ask me many things. <laughs> What kind of what kind of like kilometerage of radius did you have to put to match with somebody in Europe? She, <laughs> <on> oh. Tinder, <laughs> okay, no, but to clarify that she was in Montreal when we met. Oh, okay, she was in she Montreal, was Montreal at the time. Okay, yeah, cool. okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, she was cool, Montreal to, like learning French or something. Um, but yeah, so that that's how we met. Yeah, that's a good question, dude. Because uh, okay, okay, because be, I'm I'm here be... thinking like, man, this guy put like tens of thousands of what did he even put? Dude, like, no one no one wanted to match with me, dude. They saw my face, they're like, fuck that. So I had to fucking, <laughs> I had to boost it up as much as possible. <laughs> this guy was paying, buying Tinder premium and he was still running ads like, would you like to match with Matthew Skelhorn? Dude, imagine. But no, so no, what, thankfully, thankfully she was in Montreal. And what country was this? Like she, so she's from the Netherlands. So I moved to the Netherlands. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Dude, man, good for you. Honestly, man, props to you for at least just taking that shot and just going for it. Did your parents take that well or your family or your loved ones Dude, around on- here? Honestly, like, so so I had a big, that was like my big humble, humbling session. Like that whole <laughs> situation. Because prior to being humbled, which I could get into a bit, a bit later, mm-hmm. um, 
I was I just felt like I was on top of the world almost like as if I you know as if I meant something for everybody when it wasn't <laughs> the case at all obviously looking at it now um but at that time I was just really confident that th- that this was going to work out I, mean, I was thinking I'm going to live in Europe um I was also I th- so I thought I was really in love with this person um but in reality I was more in love with the idea than anything else mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, I got you. And a lot of uh, status, like like thinking that status is very important, and and me where I'm at, living in X place at X age, to me it was like a win 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 win. Okay, you know what I, I mean? got you. All right, that's cool, how I was cool. seeing it initially. Um, then once I got accepted into school, which by the way, dude, I spent way too much money to go one year to school <laughs> over there, um, which I'm still paying back for now. Um, shout out to my mama. She's helped me with this, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it started like that. Then I got into the school, which, which when I got to Europe though, it, it was it, like be, maybe two, three weeks before moving to Europe. That's where I, that's where I started feeling the anxiety a bit, but I didn't know what anxiety was yet. You know, like I mm-hmm. didn't know about the subject at all. And, uh, mm-hmm. my mom would always tell me, but I would be like, no, I'm just, like I'm going crazy, you know. Like I'm, I don't know what's going on, you know. Because I remember the last two weeks before moving there, like officially moving there, it was rough, man. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was so lost. I was like, how did I get myself into this? Um, and and like I didn't necessarily choke. I was just really scared of what's on the other side of that mountain, you know. Um, but I got there, and I think the excitement of going to a new school. So this school was an international business school. Um, which was that this is why ultimately I do not regret that decision of going because I met some extraordinary people over there from all over. Like it was an international business school that people from all around the world, uh, were there and it was a small knit school. So everybody knew each other. Um, but it's just what bothers me about it is that the reason why I, that's, that's kind of what I regret. And I know that sounds harsh to the person or to the people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but how I see it right now, the reason why I left to move to Europe is what I regret. However, my time there is unforgettable and completely do not regret it. Um, and I know I'm rambling. That's what I mean. Like when I talk about the story, dude, it's like I need to write All it. Good. I need to write All it good, in yeah. order for it to fucking make sense from point A to point Z. But, Dude, um, if you wrote a book, I would buy it and I would read it. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm, a, I'm really, I really enjoy reading. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you ever sat down and just wrote down some of your thoughts, man, I would write that for you <laughs> and we publish it, get it going. Duh, yeah, dude. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a fucking roller coaster. That, like, I realized that my life is a roller coaster. Now, when this thing hall ended, um, when I decided to come back here, like, I, uh, thankfully, I did one year of school there. I was in marketing, mm-hmm. so I got a lot of credits back transferred to concordia which where i'm at now um nice. so like in terms of education i think although i spent way too much fucking money to to have one year of school over there um yep. but it got me a lot of credits and now i just i have to do a major so it's like it's very soft very chill and i'm in something that i enjoy right now compared to business where i could fucking mm-hmm. ramble a whole other hour about that where i was like man i that's was in it, the wrong it. space but, but the takeaway yeah. from this is that at least you got that sort of life experience that you'll be able to carry with you until your grave. And that's that's like completely priceless. Like all the money that you spent on it, whatever, all the time that you spent or the decision that you made 
one day you'll look back and be like, oh man, that was insignificant because you'll be at some other stage of your life where you'll have bigger problems to worry about. And, of course. and that kind of stuff will be a cool lesson. And dude, honestly, so good for your CV as well. Because now when you graduate <laughs> yeah, from Concordia, true, true. <laughs> any job you apply for, they, they're always, man, they're always asking, tell me an interesting fact about yourself. I went through the whole hiring process all of January and it was, uh, it was I, I got to see all the different companies and like what they ask for in terms of, uh, their interview questions or their, their onboarding questions or their, their, yeah. their CV questions. Tell me an interesting fact about yourself. Tell me about a time that you did this. Tell me about a time where this happened. You'll have so many of those stories. You're going to be the guy who spent a year in the, Nez- in the Netherlands and they'll yeah. be like, you know what? That's an interesting candidate. So you never know, man. This might even take you somewhere super cool. No, I agree. I mean, the, the like, so the, like, the, it really did something really well for me in the sense where when I was there, I would. I was working for the school. I was student rep president for the school. I was doing anything in my like, in my possibility to get involved as much as I can with the school, um, and it ended up me starting writing articles. So that's like so. So there's two things that got me into journalism, which what I'm in now. I mean, the mm-hmm. first one was like you. You for sure know this outlet, the Mac Life. You know the Mac Life. Of course, I know. You got to know Mac Life? Mac Life, bro. So there's the first journalist, or I think is the first journalist um, from the Mac Life when it first started. His name is Andrew McGahan. Um, I remember when I saw that dude just interview McGregor and other people in at SBG and, and beyond, honestly. Um, that's when I first realized that, like, oh shit, you can do this for a living. Like, talk to these athletes, you know, and... and understand these athletes and being in that and the combat space um mm-hmm. and then like obviously i didn't think more of it I was still in law dawson then went to marketing because i thought business was was it for me um mm-hmm. but then when i was over there studying business i was writing articles and dude i it was so fun like writing articles about anything you know um mm-hmm. so that's what got me to to where i'm at today um which is an, another reason why i would never regret that move you know but it makes sense dude like me having that story and having so much stories within that story, um, I mean, I could go for fucking days and days and days, dude. Days that, and days that... and days. And you know what? When things open up, we'll we'll, we'll have a beer. We'll have a glass of uh, of proper twelve. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't and know about we'll proper about twelve, it. man, dude. We could have the bottle, but let's drink something else. Because let's be on. Let's, let's be yeah, honest. It, here. Let's be honest. Yeah. If we're let's being honest, be honest. Yeah. If we're being honest, tell me, tell me the honesty, because okay. I want to hear it. I guarantee we have the same opinion on this. Well, you know, in between ass juice and proper twelve, <laughs> you will not see the difference. I'm sorry. I'm so and dude, I bought this bottle. <laughs> seven times too many you know yeah, every time yeah, there's yeah. a mcgregor fight a get the bottle just fuck it dude mix it with a shit ton of ginger ale like oh, shit ton of might, ginger ale you're not even enjoying it at that point uh, it's just because I, I don't i don't want to enjoy it <laughs> i don't want to enjoy it, just it, that yeah. i don't know i don't like i i really love whiskey and i i think i've developed a a strong taste bud for it um mm-hmm. where now i just when every time I get it, I regret it automatically, and I just I don't really like it. You know, now I have this. I'm I'm thankful. Like I think my mom got this for her birthday. It's a Glenlivet 12 year double. Oak. Nice, nice. It's nice. This is some tasty shit, you know. But then mm-hmm. again, dude, proper 12 is new. You know these these that whiskey has been only aged three four years now. Wait okay, like yeah, 10, sense, yeah. 15 years, maybe it'll get better. What about you? What do you think about it? 
Man, I tried it once. Uh, we were with a couple guys and we cracked the bottle. We said, you know what, we might as well just try it out. Personally, I'm not, uh, you know, full disclosure, I'm not, uh, I don't know anything about whiskey or, or bourbon or, or whatever the hell this sort of branch <laughs> yeah, yeah. of alcohol is. I don't, I, I don't know anything about that stuff. Um, but what I do know is when I taste a good whiskey, it's supposed to like burn your throat all the way through or, or it's supposed to be, I can't even put it, I can't put it into words because I've tasted expensive whiskey with, with, uh, with my sister and my brother's in-laws and I've, I've had that sort of feeling where I'm like, okay, this just tastes good. Even though I don't necessarily enjoy the taste per se, it wouldn't be my go-to drink. It just tastes like what a good whiskey should taste like just because of my bias, right? Then when I taste the proper 12, I was like, man, this is nasty. I don't even want to drink this anymore. I don't want to finish my glass. It felt like I was drinking Fireball all over again, <laughs> summer 16. <laughs> Dude, fuck Fireball, man. I never liked Fireball, honestly. I was more of a sourpuss guy, you know? 2016 summer was just absolutely wild. We were shooting Fireball for no reason. <laughs> we don't know why. It's because Pitbull had that song that dropped. It was called Fireball. Yeah. So, like, remember that guy, the, the beat would drop and he'd be like, Fireball. Yeah, and then we're just yeah, yeah, yeah. Shooting, shooting Fireball for no reason. I'm like, why did we do that? It was so gross. But we always do stupidities just like, just, just for that. You know, and then we were at Winnie's that year. Oh, forget about it. What's Winnie? Winnie's is in Montreal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, like I know I I've heard it before many times. Sir Winston, it's Sir Winston Churchill's oh, pub. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So you call it Winnie's though. It's like the abbreviation. That's it. That's it. Okay, okay. That's why I know. I think no, I think it's because the downstairs was called Winnie's, and like the upstairs was the pub itself. You know, I'm not I'm not too sure. Okay. But uh, I just remember going there. Yeah, man. But proper twelve, yeah, dude, gross. But the <laughs> man behind the man behind the brand just sold it, six hundred million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, fucking fair play to him, dude. The $600 million right in the pocket. And not only that, he's still a stakeholder. And he, he pro- dude, I would assume he still has royalties involved. And, you know, he's not, and he's still the face of the brand, obviously. Um, That's true. But, man, $600 million, I'll take that, dude, any day that, of the man. week. Any day of the week, twice on a Sunday. For Fuck sure, that, man. man. What a. That's the that's the Mac, the Mystic Mac. He <laughs> was able to predict these things. He knew that he would be able to make money off of that. Yeah, of course, man. But I don't know. But like, if we speak about McGregor a bit, um... we have to talk about this because I feel like you and I were such. Or I mean, I speak for myself when I say that I was such a huge McGregor fan. Yeah, I was like die hard. This guy's the truth. He's gonna be the next goat. I've since uh, toned down that just a little bit, and, I'll, and I can tell you why. How how are you feeling these days um, yeah. about the like, Mac? Obviously, I was I was probably fucking ten times more of a fanboy than you were. I mean, I have everything. Dude. I bought so much shirts. I have fucking Irish flags. I'm like ten percent Irish, <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking Irish, <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, but you know, when you that that was like honestly at the time where I had a really different mindset about life. You know, like. Mm-hmm. McGregor helped me a lot and he still helped me to this day. Like that's crazy how an athlete has helped me a lot in terms of confidence. Um but with the things that he's done afterward and obviously lots of power, lots of uh, recognition, um lots of status, lots of fame, it comes with a shit ton of responsibility and it's only a matter of time before there's some fuck-ups, which makes total sense, you know? But the fuck-ups that he's done um they've been consistent they've been consistent but they've also been like all over the line like you know there's some fuck-ups that can be 
understandable. Let's say like a DUI, you know, where you just stopped while mm-hmm. you're intoxicated or some something like that. No, but like no, he punches an old man in a pub. Um, yeah, and then he bars the he then he buys the pub and he bars the guy from it. <laughs> that's that's insane. That <laughs> I didn't know he barred the guy though. He barred that guy he from barred that the bar. Guy, he barred that guy from the pub. Yeah. Cause so I read into the story and essentially what happened was uh, they were at it they were watching some sort of event and there was a celebration so McGregor goes buys everybody in the bar uh, shots of whiskey I, which I I'm, I'm assuming it was proper twelve right mm-hmm. and that that man just refused the drink itself and I don't know what sort of conversation transpired between the two but then it led McGregor to just throw him an unsolicited punch to an old guy and when I saw that I was like come on man yeah. like you are one of the most renowned athletes on this side of the world uh in terms of in in the fight world let's say you cannot be just going out insult uh, assaulting people like that even if the guy hits you first man you are a registered weapon your hands and feet are registered weapons. You can't be doing that, dude. If I was the old guy, I would have fell over my chair. I would have, I would have claimed Yo, so that many. That guy took that punch and ate it. He ate it. He ate it, and he didn't even budge. And I was oh. like, man, props to you. If it was me, <laughs> yeah. I'm on the floor. I'm rolling over. I'm wincing in pain. Oh. I'm calling seventeen ambulances, <laughs> dialing the insurance yeah, yeah. right away. Dialing insurance. <laughs> I have sixteen lawyers on speed dial. Let's go. McGregor did what? I'm publishing it to every news outlet. Uh, CTV News is going to hear about it. Everybody. Fucking hilarious, <laughs> man. But yeah, McGregor, like nowadays, I'm obviously less of a fan. Obviously, I still want to see him fight. It's fun. But at the same time, and I've said this in the past, like after his loss to Poirier, you just saw that he's not the same yeah. fighter anymore. And, he's not the same fighter, yeah. And I, I think the fight. The trilogy in July goes the same way, similar way. Poirier's a fighter, man. He's he's fighting all the time. He's not making mad bank like uh, McGregor is. You know, McGregor has all the shit that he wants in the world. And, and dude, good, man. I would do the same. But if I were him, I think after that loss, I would have retired. And do these exhibition fights. You know I mean? You see these fucking, like, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren making... 1.3 million pay-per-view buys and and dude that's um in terms of business it's the best thing to do because it's low risk high reward high reward and yeah i would just do that if i were him you see this fucking logan paul versus uh floyd mayweather coming up next month yeah. Yeah. i mean yeah. these types of fights which are not really fights but they're money grabs and mm-hmm. that's that's what i would do if i were him instead of uh instead of still competing because i just feel like he's not He's not, he doesn't For have sure. that same type of hunger anymore. For sure, man. And, and in the last fight versus Poirier, it's it's almost like when uh, when McGregor started humbling himself, right? You know, and we saw this with his fight versus Cowboy. Mm-hmm. When he started becoming more of a quote-unquote nicer person is when he started losing his drive. Like, man, that build-up to that Aldo fight, let me tell you. He was a bad man. He was telling Aldo he was going to, if it was a different time, he would he would ride into his favela on a horseback and kill anybody who, who was not bound to, who was not fit to fight. I was like, dude, this is like poetic. Yeah. This guy is here really going at the man's culture and his traditions and his, and his, his, his country. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a serious fight. And then he knocked him up 13 seconds. I was like, hey, you know what? That was when I realized that this guy really is the man he's been calling everything that's happened then leading up to the eddie alvarez fight completely won that before nate diaz's fight i will say i will say that and i'm not giving excuses 
But the first fight, McGregor was in a very weird situation to put on that amount of weight right before the fight because he, I think he was supposed to fight R... No, it wasn't RDA. Yeah, RDA. I think RDA. He was supposed, he was to, fight supposed RDA. to fight RDA. Yeah, and then RDA, apparently, uh, McGregor had said he, he broke his, his leg and his, and his vagina in the same day <laughs> or, <laughs> or in the same week. So, and then Nate Diaz got swapped in. He had to get, what was it? He had to get gained like 15 pounds in a matter of two weeks or something well, like that. Well, I think I like, I so McGregor wa- walked around at like 170 already. So he just didn't have to cut weight. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. So, I mean, then the first Diaz fight was definitely a clinic that Diaz put on in terms of the, ju- the jujitsu. And the second one, McGregor, absolute clinic, dropped him at least three yeah. times during the fight, completely standing up. The decision was obvious. People will say, oh, no, Diaz should have won. No, no, I don't I think completely... Diaz should have won, but I also agree to the fact that it like it wasn't an ass whooping. It was an ass whooping mm-hmm. the first two rounds. I mean, these first two these first two rounds won him the fight, hundred percent. Because the last three were yeah. were like not toss ups, but you know, they were it, iffy. It, it was paced. Yeah. It was paced up, but these first two rounds ultimately made Diaz lose, which which is with reason. But you also see the fact that like McGregor. Like I, I saw this also on the Jerry podcast at some point, and he and he was with Dominic Cruz, I think, and they were talking about how his frame and how his how how he perceives everything in terms of training, how it's just hard for him to to do like fights that are lasting twenty five minutes, because mm-hmm. you you see him, he's he has more of an explosive mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. of fighter or athlete. In general, so he has a quick five to ten minutes max. Mm-hmm. I think eight mm-hmm. minutes, even like fucking experts were looking into it, and they were saying like in between the eight and nine minute mark is where when he, where he fades, and it's like true. You see that, um, it's true, huh? which is why like dude, he knocked people up because he's so ferocious in that first and that, second round. That Chad Mendes fight, man! Wow, dude, he was... was eating a he was eating a beating. He was bloodied. Mendes was yeah. dropping elbows punching him right in the face but honestly he took him he took him the distance and just beat him with his cardio but enough about the past at that point i think that uh following the second diaz fight when he then fought floyd mayweather strictly to collect the bag and you know props to him he got floyd mayweather's attention they collected the bag they both got paid he set up his family for generations to come all all respect to the man um then leading up to the khabib fight was when i started looking at mcgregor and seeing like all right, what's going on? It was nasty. You know, maybe, that lead up was, to that was, fight was nasty. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of bad blood. A lot of a lot of things were said that I don't think should be said in general, right? About a man's about a man's uh, sort of family or his religion or, or whatever it is. Maybe it was all a PR stunt, and if it was, and it sold the fight, then you know, again, if it makes you dollars, then realistically, anything goes. Um, not to say that we should be disrespectful and those sorts of things, but no. if they if they somehow had a backdoor agreement that like, hey, look, I'm gonna say this about you and it'll sell the fight. Which I if that get, was the case, I can guarantee you that's not the case though. But it I don't could think happen. so. Yeah, it could happen. Khabib humbled him, came back. Uh, he fought Cowboy after that and showed us a new side of McGregor with those shoulder shots. I'm like, okay, he's back. He's cool. He's doing good. <laughs> Then he fights Poirier and he gets knocked out. I'm like, dude, how do you want me to feel? How do you want me to feel about you anymore? Like, you were so dominant versus Aldo. You got your ass handed to you by Khabib. Then you were again dominant versus Cowboy. And then Poirier knocks you out. It's almost like he went from being that that double belt sort of goat, so to speak, from the beginning all the way down to like a mid to high tier fighter, yeah. I would say. 
Yeah, dude. That, I mean, that's what fucking living on yachts does, dude, to be honest. I think that's what it is. Having all that money and being able to have the freedom of uh, financial freedom to like one of the most biggest extents ever. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, it's no question about it that you lose drive like as he was. Dude, when he was tearing up the featherweight division, this guy was like maybe six months prior collecting welfare checks. I mean, there's a there's a different type of true, hunger, true. which is why, like, it's it's obvious that uh, such a great fighter making huge waves to kind of slowly mm-hmm. uh, dissolve. It's it's unfortunate. I mean, you you see it all the time in MMA, less in boxing, but a lot of times you see it in MMA where, and you look at Anderson Silva where he rose to the occasion for like maybe 10 years in the middleweight division and then just he continued fighting and it it kind of tarnished his legacy a bit yeah, um yeah gsp is one of them who handled it best where who handled yeah like who, he, he kind of got in got out but he understood that you know you can't be um a consistent fighter at all times especially when you're not feeling it you know mm-hmm. um and you see gsp now still though he's still fucking so in shape as if he could fight tomorrow but for yeah, some reason, him in his mind, he's like, like, no, I still don't feel like I'm in my prime. And more fighters, especially fighters that are having some success, um, they need to think about that a lot. Because not mm-hmm. only does the legacy get tarnished, which I mean, a legacy is a is an dude. What's intangible and tangible? Tangible is a thing or is it not a thing? So tangible is something that you can like feel okay, and so touch. It's intangible. Yeah, exactly. It's, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe I fucking don't know what that word is. But that's all good, man. Legacy is an intangible, artificial label that, in reality, doesn't mean much. But what mm-hmm. happens to these fighters that continue is that they start getting health conditions, health problems, and um, not only that, they're just their their body's all broken up, and they don't have a plan B or plan C after getting out of the UFC, you know, or about that's, that's any promotion. Thing. Yeah. That's the thing. And and you know what? You see this in you see this in the NBA, you see this in almost in the NFL as well. You see this in any sort of uh, organized professional sport is that a lot of these guys, uh, girls or, or whatever else, you know, generalizing people who a lot of these athletes rather <laughs> yeah. is some of them some of them come from nothing, right? So when they come from nothing and then they get all these millions of dollars thrown at them right from the get-go, it's almost like you need somebody to coach them to show them how to deal with this rapid influx of all this cash and fame and, and whatever the, whatever else comes with it, right? But they don't have that sort of coaching, so to speak, or that sort of guidance, which leads them ultimately to making poor decisions like McGregor punching that man in the bar. It's almost like he wasn't He's like he wasn't educated or he wasn't taught how to deal with the money and the fame. So not to say it's an excuse for his actions, but it might be a reason. Yeah. No, it's but who, who knows, man? I, I think I but but the I think that right now with his, his upcoming fight with Poirier, McGregor really needs to prove or reprove to the world who he is. Because if he loses again, I think he'll fade into obscurity yeah no if he loses again he has to leave right away asap because the more you lose the less kind of um hype you have behind you and i feel Mm -hmm. like i feel like i want to see him fight these fucking shitty youtubers sorry sorry okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i respect everyone who goes in the ring i respect that always yes and i also respect the fact that 
these types of fights generate a lot of money and dude i'm a dumb motherfucker who wants to pay to see it okay that's it that's but it at the same time dude fuck these guys okay <laughs> i want a, i want mcgregor you know fuck it i want mcgregor to fight that Jake Paul oh, that... <laughs> or Logan Paul. No, no, fuck. No, lo, 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 I feel like Logan's a bit more chill, you know. But yeah. I, and I like how he's taking the Floyd Mayweather approach. He's he kind of knows he's gonna get his ass kicked because he yeah, is. Yeah, dude. yeah. He, if he is, he is. Let's people, be real. Let's talk about this a bit, dude. If people think that Logan Paul has a chance versus the best fighter in the world, when Logan no, Paul I don't think has only boxed for like two years or three years. Yeah, I but I think that. I, I think you really you really have to be on some sort of serious psychedelics to think that <laughs> Logan Paul is going to beat Floyd Money Mayweather the no, best no, ever. No, it's not no, happening. No, Leading no. up to the Jake Paul Ben Ashman fight, I I was telling all my friends, you can quote me, you can check my Facebook post. <laughs> I was saying that that Jake Paul was winning that fight because if you if you stand them toe to toe, Ben Askren is not a striker, he's not a boxer, he's completely out of shape. And he already had one devastating knockout that's definitely on his on his plate. So what the hell is he doing fighting a YouTuber? It's probably for a check. Jake Paul had more. Had, yeah, exactly. Jake Paul had more to prove from this fight. And dude, the guy was in shape, man. He's been training. No, he moved. That's he, the thing. I mean, exactly. they, you can't take that away from these fuckers. They're still putting the work <laughs> in. They're putting the work in, and they're doing it correctly. Um, and versus obviously Ben Ashkin, dude, like he he has so many titles under his name, but nothing has to do with striking. And although he was champion in MMA, if you go look at all of his fights, I think he has. I I only remember one TKO, but mm-hmm. he ragdolls people. He yeah, he, he throws people, people around. He gets close, smothers you, chokes you out. That's what he does. That's He's a it. wrestler, um, and a pure wrestler, meaning. He didn't never he never adapted to striking. Like mm-hmm. him in his mind when he got into MMA, he was like, I'm so good in wrestling. My wrestling and my ability to wrestle will overpower anybody striking. And it has for ten to twelve years until he got into the UFC. Um and although he beat and Lawler, he, a, he lost he lost he versus a, Masvidal, yeah. He caught a flying knee by Masvidal, man. Dude, and, and dude, I, I mean, I, and I kind of like, when you look at Ben Askren, it kind of makes sense that that happened. Um, yeah. But but at the same time, I mean, he he's he, he's still very notable in the fight world, but mm-hmm. specifically towards striking. I mean, I had the same perception as you. Like, it, it's in my head, it was almost impossible that Ben Askren win, but I wanted same to here, see it. I here. wanted to I, see it. I, I was like, I really want to see it happen, but it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, I, I, and um, yeah. I was almost certain Jake Paul was winning that fight, and and if I was a gambling man, I would have put money on it. But then I told myself, why the hell would you even put? Why would you put money on something like that? I mean, you know, you you'd be better off just buying some Bitcoin at this point and just <laughs> making money off of that as opposed to putting it on a stupid YouTuber versus Ben Askren. Yeah, but you would have fucking Logan, made money. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I would have, but. Uh, but I think with with Logan and and uh, Logan and Floyd, there's there's absolutely zero percent chance um, that Logan Paul in in any universe beats Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. I don't care about the size advantage. I don't care about the reach. I don't care about the size or or I said size already, but I don't care about any of those things. Floyd Mayweather is so technical, and he has beat such significant boxers. 
that there's no way that Logan Paul will be able to even touch him. I think I think it's going to be a one-sided fight. Floyd's going to drag him into the into the fifth or sixth round, tire him out, and then just piece him up like he did to McGregor. Dude, imagine like he, like, cause it's crazy. The size difference is crazy. Like that doesn't take the take away the fact that Mayweather will beat the fuck out of him. But mm-hmm. I-, I can't wait to see a small man knock out a big man. I can't wait to see that oh, yeah. because that's oh, yeah. happening, guys. If you guys don't think that's happening, fucking stream it. Whatever, don't pay for it. Stream yeah. it. Watch that shit. <laughs> You'll see. It's gonna be a, a smaller man. KOing a bigger man. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be. It has to be. And I, I think that people keep saying, yeah, but you know, what if he gets a lucky punch? What if he gets this or that? Dude, I said, there's no lucky punch. 50, <laughs> 50 have tried. 50 have tried. 50 have thrown over 50 punches. 50 so boxers have thrown 50 punches. 50 boxers have tried. A YouTuber boxers, won't fucking... No, it's not happening with lucky punch or whatever. And if that happens, it'll be the biggest upset in oh in God. North American sports history. Um, Dude, but no, that's definitely not happening. That would shake the world. It would literally shake the world. Uh, it would shake the world. I, I think. So, I don't yeah. get the the move of them putting it on a Sunday though, because it's on the Sunday evening. Where um, are they fighting? In that's a good question. I know the at the MGM. because no, normally I think it's in Vegas. I think it's in Vegas. Okay. No. No, it's not in Vegas. It's at the Hard Rock. It's I think it's in Florida. It may be in Florida. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have to check. But wherever uh, it is on a Sunday, yeah, it's a bit yeah, it's take. a bit weird uh, that it's on a Sunday, but I think it'll still it'll still do numbers. I mean, come on, dude, it's two of the biggest names in the world at this stage. And well, whatever both their lanes, so it's just whatever Floyd Mayweather touches turns to gold anyway. Exactly, so. exactly, because everyone wants to see him lose. But I mean, this fight you won't see him lose. Um, no. He's definitely not losing this fight, man. But you know, props, props to Logan, man. Props to Logan and even Jake, man. They're they're both whatever they've done in the past or whatnot. I mean, it was it was mostly for PR or maybe it was all for PR, and they were able to make enough money to make good lives for themselves, buy their parents nice things. I see that Jake's always they're set, man. So you know, you can't really hate on another man's hustle, uh, whatever it is. And they Logan was able to get the attention of the biggest of the best boxer of all time. You know, just that is just substantial enough and not, and you have yeah. to give credit where credit is due 100%, but still for sure. Fuck these guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, 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 like they, they definitely worked hard for where they're at. And um, it's just crazy that this is happening, but at the same time, they, they are part of the reason why we're seeing this. So give credit where credit is due. But uh, that's it. I mean, they're, they're the reason why we're having this conversation right exactly. now about this. We're fucking talking fight, about so. it when I'm hating exactly. on it, but I'm still talking about it, meaning they're winning. So respect. That's it. Fuck that's you guys, it. but so respect. Respect, them, man. <laughs> yeah, respect them. I hope they hear this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My seven <laughs> listeners will definitely, um, hopefully that's one of them it. be Logan Paul. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, man, everybody starts somewhere. And you know what? The reality is, even if you don't get hundreds or thousands of listeners from it one day like i said you'll, you'll be able to look back at this and be like oh man you know that time we i podcasted with with this person that was fun let me go hear it and think about the memories and and yeah. that'll be that'll be good memories about it that i can't wait for that like in the future going back because i'm putting this out to the world so it's going to be online forever you know um mm-hmm. and going back to them will be nice too but i i just love it man i mean i wanted this like i've been listening to podcasts for over seven years now um mm-hmm. and obviously i've always had that idea of Oh, I should do my own, you know, but I only really thought of it maybe last 
maybe last July mm-hmm. or or September, July or or July or August. Um, but then I finally ended up doing it in January, dude. And it's just fun, man. Like start like talking to you, dude. Like this was probably, uh, dude. I I messaged you today. We do this today, yeah. yeah, because I didn't really, I wasn't sure if I was gonna get the initial guest that I was supposed to for this week. I was like, man, I want to talk to him, and that's the whole fucking reason, dude. We're an hour in, literally one hour in, dude, and it, we didn't get into of... the topic that I wanted to fucking speak to, or multiple topics. I mean, so yeah. it's just, and and it show it goes to show that also we have a good chemistry. And I said this on the last podcast too, or like when you know someone, if you've seen someone for just a few times, even once, that's it. Um, like I don't need any notes. I usually do notes for people that I don't really know, but for you, mm. I was like, man, like I don't. I don't need notes. I don't need to do anything about it. I know what we're going to talk about. But at the same time, it will come for an interesting conversation, which so far, I mean, dude, like I said, it's been an hour and time flies. It it flew. (laughs) Dude, we started off talking about COVID. We went into talking about regrets. Then we we, we branched that into whiskey. And then from the whiskey, we talked about McGregor in the UFC to Jake Paul. Like, man, that conversation, I don't have any notes, man. My hands are clear. I don't (laughs) have nothing about me. No, yeah, but that, my, my... That, that's what this is about, man. Honestly, like this is that, that's what I want to bring for whoever's listening, but mostly for myself, you know, having yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. like this is just it's heartwarming. It's I get knowledge from it. I practice on my articulation to speak. And uh, it's just overall a that fun must be thing yeah. to do. That's super chill for you, especially because because you are in the domain of study that you are um, in journalism that. To be able to speak to different people on different occasions, you'll you'll understand how uh, there's different ways to present arguments or different ways to receive arguments and different ways to to project the information that you want to project. So that that's really interesting for you. It's good for your career. And once again, you put this on the CV. You say, "Listen, I'm the 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 head podcaster <laughs> for my channel. I get uh, I get all these guests to come and share their share their stories with me. I've been in the Netherlands." I, I work in interesting places and I have this sort of profile. Fuck. I think you're going to do hey, really Kishan, well. Hey, Kishan, you want to be my manager? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, yo, send, I'll write your CV, man. Send me your, send me your stuff. I'll check it out. That's I went awesome, through though. the whole True. process. Yeah. went through the whole process. Talk to me a little more of that because I wanted to get, obviously, dude, I want to fucking know more about you now. We've been talking about a bunch of shit the past hour. But I want to get to know more <laughs> about you, man. So, like, like before your, your job... Um, before your 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 uh, interview and all that, so I want to go back maybe a bit back to after high school. You went to CJEP. Where's what CJEP did you go to? What you study in? I I went to Marinopolis in uh, pure and applied science. Okay. Um. So if there's somebody who sort of t- who, if there's somebody who took the the uh, predetermined or like I guess uh, quote unquote path that that followed steps quote unquote on time, it would be me. Uh, I did the high school in five years, SEJEP in two years, university in four, but I did an additional half a year because I did a specialization in uh, in computer science. Uh, but anyways, all, all this to say that I was really, really, uh, I really, really enjoyed school and I liked learning and I liked teaching as well. So after high school, man, Marinopolis, two years and pure and applied science, great times there. First humble, first sort of humbling experiences after having such a cakewalk in high school. Mm-hmm. You get to college with everybody else who's way more intelligent than me, so to speak, book smart, let's say. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, man, you fail your first exam and you get your first bad grade and you're like, damn, man, I'm really not the shit no more. So uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, because Kishan was first... fucking running high school, dude. He was fucking <laughs> running high school. Dude. <laughs> I wouldn't say running. I dude, I remember, running. I remember this other flashback. Sorry, I have to say it right away. Dude, I remember it was fucking, because in, in, in fucking sec two, we had prom. And I, yeah, 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 junior dude, prom. Yeah. I remember these words coming out of your mouth. You're like, what? why are we graduating for a flight of stairs you're you're like <laughs> you're you literally said i don't know if you remember saying this but you literally I I said that yeah, i had to have said something like that and you're you like why the fuck are we graduating for a flight of stairs just get me up there just fucking we don't yeah, have to celebrate yeah. this shit get me up there dude that's it i was like just give me that give me that next classroom i want that next insane like, by the way Keyshawn fucking ran the high school high school high school hallways all that shit <laughs> no man, I don't think I I did I, no it wasn't that I ran it man it was just that I, man I just I just liked everybody there I didn't have but you I didn't have problems with anybody no I just problems enjoyed and you enjoyed nothing yeah but not only that but you enjoyed class time too unlike many including myself yeah. um, I enjoyed class time I enjoyed teachers man I, I like think about it dude we you and I we didn't we didn't chat for years and now here we are catching up as if no time has passed right yeah. And I just, I just think for me, my network is everything. So the people that I get to speak with and you have those good relationships with them, A, already we're having a good time just doing this. And B, you never know, man, one day down the line, one day I'm going to need something and you're going to be the guy who's going to help me or vice versa. One day down the line, you'll need something and you'll say, oh, you know what? Uh, Kishan is doing this thing right now, so maybe I can hit him up. And then I can exchange that favor with you, with somebody else. And then everybody's just winning like that, right? Of course. So of course. We, either, we either win or we learn, man. That's that's the way it goes. But uh, yeah, just circling back to what we were saying before. After I finished uh, Sejep, I went to uh, Concordia, four years in industrial engineering. Um, did a, a minor in computer science. Graduated all that stuff. And when did yeah, you graduate? Man, was, I graduated. I finished my courses in December. Okay. So last in December of 2020 online, and um, yeah, man, and now I'm uh, starting my career as an enterprise software salesman. So everything is it's on it's going on to path, man. It's uh, everything okay. is falling into place, and, and I'm happy about it. I'm dumb. Okay, so that's why I'm gonna ask like dumb questions now. Well, not dumb. No question is dumb. Sorry, because every teacher no says that. No dumb, question yeah. is dumb. Uh, that's it. Industrial engineering. Yes. If you can describe that in one minute, how would you describe it? So I would say uh, industrial engineering has, in my opinion, or from my estimation of my studies, uh, three main fields. Uh, the first one would be supply chain. Uh, for those of you who wouldn't, who don't necessarily, who are not familiar with the concept of supply chain, supply chain is essentially uh, a company's processes from start to finish and all of the inputs and outputs associated with them, right? So a supply chain engineer, for example, if somebody works for a light bulb company, from the beginning of the supply chain all the way to the end, well, the, the from the beginning of this, we need to fabricate this sort of light bulb. And at the end of it, we need to sell it to our manufacturers, to our distributors, whether it be Walmart or, or, or Canadian Tire or whoever else or, or sells light bulb, right? So somebody who's involved in supply chain will have to look at all of the processes, um, all of the interactions, all of the employees, all of everything that it takes to run that sort of company until you deliver that final product. 
and I use light bulbs as an example because I'm I just saw the light in front of me. But <laughs> that's insane that you probably... thought about that, dude. That's how fucking smart this guy is. He just looked at a light bulb and made an analogy for what he studied for. <laughs> no, but so I think I think a car would have been a better thing, right? Because yeah. you've seen the the these these manufacturing lines where like the robot puts the tire on the thing, the next robot puts the door on. So again, supply chain again is involved with everything from start to finish. Now, um, in addition to supply chain engineering, you'll also have a uh, a consulting path. So oftentimes, industrial engineers can can find themselves working for consulting companies where they will themselves be. Um, offering solutions to another company, how to uh, increase their value added activities. And in terms of value, that could be anything that uh, the customer perceives as value or anything that the company perceives as value or whatever just makes the business run better. Um, and then after that, you have the manufacturing guys who are more, who are more concerned with, with, with building things in an efficient manner. So yeah, so industrial engineering is like, it's, it's super vast. Um, it's not a traditional engineering program like civil engineering, which is like on buildings, bridges, and roads, or mechanical engineering, where it's like cars or moving parts or aerospace, which is, you know, we don't even need to describe what oh it is God. really. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but oh. I'm interested. <laughs> oh, aerospace, dude! If you want to have, if you, if one day you want to have a chat about all this, man, I will. I can tell you everything in in, in layman terms. Uh, I work as a tutor also, so one thing that I enjoy doing the most is just like educating and yeah. and and uh, delivering these these sort of lessons. So that's, uh, that's super fun. Yeah, and I think you you got that kind of um, asset. I think you always had that asset, but it was definitely enriched with the type of studies that you're in. You know, in industrial engineering, you're always thinking not only creatively, creatively, but also mm -hmm. strategically and also logically. And it's just yep, all of yep, that yep, yep, yep. formed into one makes yep. for just a, a smooth way of, of entering into any any space. I mean, that's that's what I like about, about engineering a lot in general um, mm -hmm. with what I know. By the way, again, I'm dumb. I may, whatever I'm saying may not be true or may not be. I wouldn't say you're dumb. No, no, no. But I'm dumb in the, in, when we talk about engineering because I like, dude, if you ask me what's engineering, I'm going to be like, uh, motors. That's what I, that's what I would answer right away. That's the first thing that I answer. But that's a, it. It, but dude, but you you know what? In in that in that answer, you did describe what engineering is, right? Because so everybody will have their own different definition of what engineering is. For me, my perception of engineering is uh, the science, the science of converting an input into an output. And the input and the output is whatever you think that input and that output is. So right now, you just gave me that example of a motor, right? What does a motor do? A motor in reality, you know, turns, it turns a wheel, that wheel turns the axle and the axle turns the wheels. Um, sorry, I completely botched that explanation, but you understand, <laughs> you you understand the, the, the idea of it, right? So the motor will turn the wheel and the wheel will bring you places, right? So the input in this instance over here would be some sort of gas or, or the idea that you want to go somewhere and the motor is going to take you there. So Dude, it's a good way to think about engineering, right? Yeah. It's, it, 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 that. it's a motor or it's electricity or it's an idea or it's something. It's fabricating or creating something that makes your life easier. We're, we used to dig by hand. And then one day, the guy, somebody, one day a man or a woman or, or whatever said, let's build this shovel. That's engineering. And then with the shovel, they started digging into the dirt. They created a way to make a process simpler. Mm. That's fucking a smart way of putting it. Shit. 
Um, Everybody's an engineer, man. You're an engineer too. You don't you don't even know it. Every time you publish a paper or or you publish this podcast one day, you're ma- you're helping somebody's life in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. You're offering that input, and they're generating some sort of output from it. So. I think that everybody is. Nah, that's <laughs> you put it put it that way, it makes sense too. It makes sense. I mean, we're all many things. Um, but damn. And and speaking of that, so that this is mainly why I wanted you on the podcast, which is I I don't know if if that's the reason why you started this, but like so I think I I've kind of followed a bit through what has happened over the last two months with you, where I think mm-hmm. you started posting stories, uh, of you, cleaning cars, I believe, or. <laughs> I don't know what exactly more than just cleaning. I feel like you do more than just cleaning. Um, yeah. And then this turned into this whole the Shamari guys. Fucking the Shamari guys. Enterprise. Indeed, follow us. Follow us on Instagram at the Shamari guys. Of course. Uh, of course. By the way, this will all be uh, in the description below at the end. Um, but uh, talk to me about that, man. How did that came about? Oh, man. So, dude. So one day, actually, so, man, the Shamari guys goes so far back. Uh but the idea behind it was that I have this car, this beautiful Honda Civic 2015 that I love to death because I spent my hard-earned money to buy. And one day I was just looking at my car and I was like, man, it's kind of dirty. I should probably clean it. So I started looking on YouTube and I'm checking out things that I could do to bring out the white and the paint or to, to restore the, the car back to, its, uh, back to its sort of dealership quality. So I'm looking it into all of these different products. And then one day I just get to washing. I started with day one, day one of normal wash, the soap, the sponge. Hmm. And I'm looking at other parts of my car and I'm a very, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty detail oriented. I like to call, I like to say I'm a perfectionist in some things. And then I was like, you know what? I might as well just clean this thing. If I'm going to do it enough, I'm going to start it. I'd rather do everything A to Z properly. So I bought all the products. I got all the proper research. I spoke with I spoke with a lot of people about it. I even posted on on Instagram stories for uh, people to give me their inputs because I'm uh, their their opinions on this because I'm very um, very open to 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 criticism and to different sorts of ideas. So I'm getting to clean my car and I'm like, man, let me record this. So I started recording it. People are like, dude, I'm I was having so much fun watching this. Uh, record the next time you do it. I was like, really? So then I started doing it more and more, and I was like, you know what? Let's turn this into something, into a uh, detailing business where I now um, make it a point to restore your car back to its dealership quality. And uh, my specialty is used cars. I love the used cars. Anything that's from like 1995 all the way until like 2016, 17, let's say, because after that, it's a little bit too new for my liking. Yeah. Um, those are my preferences, man, because I think that those cars are just so well built. Uh, they represent your hard-earned money that you put in this four wheels and that box that brings you to and from work. And if you're going to be in something legit every single day of your life, why not have it clean? Why not have it super presentable? Why not have it be something that you can be proud of and show the world that this is what you bought with your, your hard-earned yeah. dollars? Dude, I need to show you my car. And with what you just said now, <laughs> dude, my car is crying right now. Oh, man. Because mine is. Yeah, so, I got to see this. Dude, I, like, my car needs some milk, dude. Like, my car needs <laughs> so much love. Because here's the thing. My friend. So I got this from my one of my best friends. Um, he sold it to me for, like, really cheap for 
for like what it actually is because i guess he gave me a deal because i'm his best friend or one of his best friends or whatever <laughs> but the problem with this car is that the outside of this car looks like um you know you know when you go downtown and you like walk around at 2 a.m after getting out of a club and then you like you see yeah. like these garbage cans in certain corner streets and, <laughs> but and and they're like they're like graffitied on and they're like so dirty yeah, yeah. Like right beside you, the bed of companies, you know, on St. Catharines. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. On St. Catharines. My yeah, car yeah. looks like that from the outside. Okay, it, okay. No stress, no stress. And to give it more context, so what my friend did when he had this car initially, maybe five, six, like, no, even more than that. What are we, 20? I was about to say, I was thinking we were 21 at this point, dude. What the fuck? We're 24. Dude, I'm 24. Weird. Yeah, so yeah, that we're 24. Yeah. For, he had this car eight years ago. Eight years ago, my best friend, this one of my best friends decided... You know what? I'm going to paint my car matte black. But not like the expensive matte black. The the Oh, with the with the, with the spray can. The $5 okay, fucking okay. spray can matte black. So maybe yeah, it looked you. better at that time, but right now, dude, it doesn't look good cuz we see like the original color and then we okay. see a type of shit over the original <laughs> color. It's like a fucking pigeon to... shat on my entire car. Not only on you the window. You have to, you have to send me pictures of your car after. I'm having trouble envisioning this, but but yeah, dude, I like, will, I will. the the fact the fact remains at the end of the day, whatever you drive. I used to drive a 1996 Tercel. Okay, this was like in 2000 and 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 18. I was driving a 1996 Tercel. The car was legit my age. Mm-hmm. Legit. Um, legit, yeah, yeah, man, legit. So and. I'm driving this car around at the beginning. I was like, damn, man, I really wish I had a nicer car. Or, damn. I really wish I had something that was, that was nicer, more presentable. Then, you know, when I got my second car, then I got my third car, which is my current one, my civic. I was like, man, look, I spent my money on this and I spend every single day in the car. Why not just be proud of it? Right. No matter what you drive, whether you drive a 1996 Tercel, like I used to drive, or if you drive a 2018 uh, BMW 328i, I don't even know if they make that in, in 2018 anymore. But the reality is you this this car is your second home. Right. So treat it as such. You know, if you want to live in filth and you want to have a car that's going to make you sad every single day, then so be it. But it'll affect your life. It'll affect your career. It'll affect your day to day. If your car inside is just clean. It's vacuumed properly. It's wet, like, you know, all the surfaces are clean. Um, doesn't have to be in top shape, right? You know, there things could be ripping or things could be falling apart. That's okay. But as long as it's just clean and it smells nice, I guarantee you'll have a better day. Yeah, no, and I agree with that because like my, in the inside of my car is always spick and span. Like I don't really carry much and I always have these fucking trees, dude. These smelly trees. The trees, the trees. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, like, like that's like, obviously I'm putting my car as an example. The outside looks like horrible trash but i mean i love the inside of it and uh i love that i have a car that actually moves because my previous car runs it. my previous car was actually a newer car but it was a wreck like the inside was a wreck um so i'm i'm very happy with my car it's just that it needs some exterior shining and uh, you know where to go yeah man. but at hit the same the time dude guys. yeah i will hit up the shamadi guys man <laughs> fuck yeah but uh but yeah i mean my dream car, though, is a Jeep. I just want a fucking Jeep. Whenever I can afford to get a year-up Jeep, although I'm, I'm I'm fearing a bit that once I get to the stage where I'm able to afford a Jeep of my liking, that it will be mm-hmm. elec- electric. 
It's like, mm-hmm. fuck. You know, I wanted to hear that gas. But at the same time, I'll yeah, save yeah. the environment. I'll fucking do it, okay? But um, if ever it's the case, uh, I hope to get like a Jeep Wrangler. Dude. A real Jeep. Not that fucking fake oh, yeah. Liberty. Not the, not the yeah, Cherokee. Yeah, yeah. Cherokee is nice, whatever, dude. Or but the Patriot, uh, the, yeah. Cherokee is a fake Jeep. Wrangler, real Jeep. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, man. That's all I want, dude. Dude, man, it's 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 crazy though. It's how how far we've come from when we first knew each other till now. Now we're talking about like cars, and <laughs> yeah. eventually we'll be talking about mortgages and talking about kids and these sort of things. And I'm just gonna be like, whoa, where did the time pass? We just gotta like slow down and just enjoy what's right in front of us. Enjoy this conversation enjoy the, the you know tomorrow we've got work to go to or whatever just enjoy the process because you don't have that much time and again circling back to what we were talking about from the beginning about covid is that everything that we that we do in life is all revolved around the limited amount of time that we have on the planet so why not just always consistently be happy while you're here of course it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows every single hour of the day but try to limit your sadness or try to limit the times that you're not spending it being happy because why the hell would you not? Right. And of course this doesn't discount the people who are going through uh, circumstances or whatever that don't allow them to attain that, that level of happiness. That's okay. Right. But if you have the choice or if you are able to make those decisions in life or just do it and just be better and help somebody be nice. And that's about it. Nah, fuck. I agree, man, dude, look, we've, we are well past over an hour. That was a great way of putting it, dude. Before we end this podcast, if anything else to say, shout out anything, dude. Dude, honestly, man, definitely enjoyed this conversation, and I think that uh, we could we could do this again whenever you want. I'm always available for this. And props to you for setting up the podcast to begin with, because that first step or that first upload is obviously the 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 toughest thing to do. So that right there take so much courage uh, you're somebody that i reference to a lot of people when i speak about like oh man i have this one friend who moved to europe just like that um definitely do it i had a friend of mine who was debating doing an exchange in another country and i was like yo you have to do it i know this one dude he moved to europe just like that and you know what those sorts of things or those lessons are just for me just knowing you brings a lot of value to my life and just props to you man a virtual prop but if you were in front of me we would be sharing a drink and uh of course, great times man, man. i appreciate that dude and and i see the same towards you and like just one last thing before we end this i mean when you say about when you talk about networking it's it's the most important thing and in terms of exchanging values and exchanging this i do this you do that like i live by that too you know i don't really mm-hmm. talk about it as much but if i were to talk about it i mean it's one of the most important things is to keep these friendships that are also like valuable not necessarily uh, by name or by status or by anything but just by human being human being to human mm-hmm. being um you can see when it's a good person and when it's not a good person and you're definitely a good person man and uh thanks man likewise it's just it, it's just like you said we don't speak to each other for five years we could speak to each other and it's like as if nothing happened um and that's and that's like by the way like just to emphasize on on like a re- the relationship between me and, and kishan this is not like a dude like we've spoken maybe 10 times in our whole entire life like for conversations real, huh? like this for, and, for yeah. real like and how it's like this i mean that's when you know that you know we respect each other no matter what and no matter how many times we've 100%. seen each other and shit like that so dude much respect man thank you so much for coming on the podcast dude 
Um, Thanks for having me, man. When you messaged me, I was like, dude, Skelhorn wants me to go there. I'm there. No problem. I love it, man. Thank you, bro. And there you have it, the conversation with Kishan. Kishan, once again, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, all of his links are down below. His, his personal Instagram, um, his Instagram for at the Shamadi guys. If you want, to, if you guys want to make that car looking fine for the summer, contact them. I bet they'll do a fantastic job. And uh, I, I may wait. I may may go myself uh, as well. Um, I know I just I fucked up my speaking there like t- ten seconds ago, but it's coming back. Um, but yeah, I'll bring my car there because my car looks like absolute trash ass. Um, outside the outside of my vehicle, not the inside. But uh, but yeah, it was an awesome conversation, man. So Kishan, once again, thank you so much for coming on. If you guys are listening all the way to the end, I know this one's a longer one. Um, I promise to try to keep them short. Um, but thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate each and every single one of you. Um, I love doing this. It's it's giving me fuel to continue and continue, and uh, I'm just never gonna stop, man. I love this. So, yeah, I think that's about it, man. Um, I know I say thank you 17,000 times, but thank you so much. I really genuinely appreciate everyone that's listening and everyone that comes on my podcast to, to have a conversation with me. Um, it's it's a dream come true. So, without, with that being said, thank you so much, and uh, I'll see you guys next Monday. I'm like, ooh, ah, I'm in the mood. Shawty, I'm fucking with you. I'm like, Kinda cute, tell her that she could come too. I'm like, ooh, ah, bet on myself, ain't no way that I can lose. I'm like, ooh, ah, don't need no help, I don't got nothing to prove. I'm like, ooh, ah, I'm in the mood.